Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Abby. And I'm Amy, and we're pastors at Bethlehem Lutheran Church. This podcast is about the middle space in between Sundays. It's the place where we take our values, our faith, and our commitments into our everyday lives. Hello, Abby. Hi, Amy. You know what? Lent is less than two weeks away. So it is. That is coming up fast. It is the reason why I made you talk about Lent before Christmas. I know. I was dragging my feet. I would rather get one liturgical holiday behind us before I have to think about the next liturgical season. And you refuse to allow that to happen this year. I did refuse. And I would prefer also to do the same thing. But when Lent is only uh, seven weeks after Christmas, my internal planning clock gets panicky because I know what's involved in planning for a liturgical season. And I have to push it a little bit. There you have it, folks, the dark (laughs) underbelly of the practical side to church life. It is not all lofty spiritual guidance here. Sometimes there are realities of the calendar and Amy is here to remind us. And the anxieties of Amy's planning, internal planning calendar. That's really what guides ministry some days. Thankfully, not most days. I want to assure our (laughs) listeners of that. Um, There is plenty of other informed theological and spiritual (laughs) guidance that does inform much of our planning, but sometimes there are practical realities to tend to. Yes. I have been listening to a podcast lately. I really enjoy podcasts. I find it's one way that I can occupy my brain while doing some of the mundane parts of life, like driving or walking, washing dishes, some things like that. Yeah. And a podcast I have just started listening to, our listeners may know that I am in a PhD program in human development. And my interest, my reason for wanting to go back to school and study human development is really around social connectedness and the quality of relationships that people need to really thrive and experience a sense of well-being. And how do we cultivate those and what kind of communities help to foster that kind of relationship? And our U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, released a report in May of last year on this idea um, that social connectedness is the way forward and something that is a public health concern that we in the United States really need to be actually in other parts of the world too, but he's the U.S. Surgeon General. So he's specifically speaking to us in the U.S. Yeah, I just want to say, I think if I remember correctly, I remember when that report came out, probably both you and I, I think, talked about it in our preaching around that time. And I Mm -hmm. recall that we shared it as well, um, but we can certainly do that again in the show notes for today's episode. Yes, absolutely. We'll look that up. But anyway, Dr. Morthy has a podcast that I've just started listening to, and the podcast is called House Calls, and I've enjoyed his speaking in other places, so I thought I might enjoy his podcast. In a recent episode, he interviewed a woman named Dr. Lisa Miller, and she wrote a book called The Awakened Brain, 
the new science of spirituality and our quest for an inspired life. And I will be perfectly honest if I saw that book and its title on a shelf at Barnes and Noble or your favorite book retailer, I probably would have walked right by because I tend to be deeply suspicious about spirituality that sounds like self-help because that is contrary to my deeply held faith. And thankfully, I did not see her book on a shelf somewhere. I listened to her interview with Dr. Morthy and found this idea really interesting. So her research and other research shows that we are biologically wired for spirituality. So this sense of searching for a meaning, a purpose, an existence beyond ourselves that is bigger than you or me or even us collectively that is often attributed to God or Allah or any of the other names we have across the world's religions. But our need for and connection to this something bigger than ourselves is biologically wired. And I have just been thinking about that idea and what that means for me as a person of faith and what that might mean for our life together. Yeah, that's a really, that's a big idea. I'm um, just taking all of that in. I am remembering in my seminary education, doing work on systematic theology. And I remember one of the ideas that we talked about was the innate longing for the beyond that lies at the heart of our faith. And so it's interesting to think about that kind of innate longing really as something that is part of how we have been created, not just something that developed, but it's actually as in the language of scripture, as we're being knit and formed together, it's one of the ways that God, our creator makes us is with that longing inside of us. Yeah. Yeah. And then our need to actually nurture and cultivate a response to that longing. Yeah. Uh, What was really interesting in the conversation that ensued between them in this interview is a real focus on the decline in participation in religious life, certainly not just Lutheran life or Christian life even, but in religious life as a country and how that means we have lost some of the practices that help to nurture that spiritual longing and need that we have. And then how integrated our body, minds, and spirits are so that when we are not fed spiritually or when we're not feeding that peace and finding some nurturing there, it has physical manifestations. It has an effect on our mental health because we are out of balance in those ways. And I just found that really powerful to give some research and some language to what I certainly know to be true in my own life and in my work, in my pastoral work. But thinking about that in the context of Lent approaching, a season in the church year when we really double down on our spiritual practices and say there is a need 
to, to take on more or do less, but something that is very intentionally tending to our spiritual selves. In our tradition, the there's an invitation to Lent that is often spoken on Ash Wednesday, and that's, again, drawn from scripture, but outlines the practices of Lent as prayer and fasting and almsgiving, so charitable giving and giving of ourselves. And thinking about thinking about that this year, then, in the context of this research that says, this isn't just how do you set the bar high to be a, a good person. It's how do we connect with that which is beyond ourselves and bigger than what we can see and hear and touch and maybe even taste, right? That is that higher power, that that love that binds us together that is bigger than any one of us. Yeah. It's interesting to me that in the tradition of the church, the season of Lent is a 40 day season, excluding mm. Sundays. Mm-hmm. And so for many years, I've thought about the church sets aside over 10% of the calendar year mm. to focus on these core spiritual practices, these um, ways of being that are intended to ground our life and I, I think make us hopefully more aware of God's activity in this world and hopefully also our connection to God in this world. We know God through Jesus Christ, but but like that the church has set aside that time in a really intentional way for centuries. It's not as though Lent is something new. It's something the church has been doing intentionally for a really long time. Yeah. And I think that piece um, invites our reflection on our own practices of faith. Where and how do we learn practices of faith, ways of uh, practicing and tapping into uh, kind of our, our spiritual side? And at least if Dr. Miller's research I'm not questioning whether it's true, but if all that she says is true, then we as a people, as a country, as a society have really lost track of our ability to do that. And that seems to be something particularly important for those of us who are part of faith communities to really remember that is a vital part of who we are and what not just we need, but what the world needs at this moment or our little corner of the world, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's a lot we could explore with that. I wonder if it would be helpful just to talk a little bit about how we intend to do that here at Bethlehem this year, because Lent is less than two weeks away. It starts this year on February 14th. And I think it's always helpful to think about what are the ways that we are, we as a community are inviting people into those practices um, of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. Yeah. Our full schedule, of course, you'll be able to find online. We'll put it in the show notes so that you can get all the exact dates and times. But we do have a few things that we have put in place this Lent in particular with an eye towards the practice, moving from a passive posture 
in worship or in reflection to one that's a bit more experiential. And I'm thinking particularly of what we have in store on Maundy Thursday, the day when we hear and remember Jesus' last supper with his disciples. This year, we're starting that worship service with a meal. The The worship itself will start with a meal where we share a meal together and remember our, not just friendship, but our kinship in Christ that gathers us around those tables where we are fed, we'll share communion. So we are fed by Jesus' body and blood, just as he commanded us to do on that night. As often as you eat of this bread and drink of this wine, we will remember him and and be joined as one in him. And then we will process upstairs in our building. It is upstairs from that fellowship hall space where we can share a meal into the sanctuary where we will strip the altar, remembering that Jesus was stripped and hung on a cross and the bareness of the sanctuary that we will enter then the next night will remind us of all that Jesus endured in his last days of life on this earth. Yeah. I think it's also interesting to think about how our Lenten theme this year, which is wandering heart, will focus on the discipleship of Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus, who we read about more than anyone other than Jesus in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Someone who had a very um, varied journey in his life of following Jesus. And so each week we have an opportunity to hear one of the stories of scripture in which Jesus, in which Peter is relating to Jesus. And so we get to know Jesus in a new way through Peter's eyes. But I think in, in doing that, we also get to explore ourselves by looking at just the really multifaceted nature of Peter's own discipleship. Peter sometimes is the rock. That's literally what Jesus calls him. And then other times he's the first guy to flee when things get really hard. And so there's this nature about Peter that I think is very reflective of who we are just Mm -hmm. in our own lives. And I think that also becomes a really wonderful opportunity for us to explore what do our own spiritual lives look look like and how can we be honest about that? And sometimes it's easier to be honest by looking at how someone else lives out their spiritual life, in this case, Peter, and to see the ways that parallels our own life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is also part of, we have a practice here. I can't remember how long it's been going on of people within the congregation writing their own reflections that we have compiled together into a devotional that's shared through the congregation. So can read a reflection a day, but it is not something written in an ivory tower somewhere. It's written by somebody who might be sitting next to you in the pew in worship some Sunday so that we hear from one another about the very real, both mountaintop experiences and points of struggle and doubt that are part of the life of faith. And I think that sharing of experience is a big piece. For me, that's a big piece of being part of a community of faith that my spirituality is not just a me and God, me and my higher power off on our own together. It's really experienced through and commanding me into kind of deeper, greater love for my neighbor, which might be a family member, might be a pew mate, might be a physical neighbor, colleague, anyone whom I encounter. 
Yeah. And so those devotions, I think, are a wonderful way to share in that community as well. And it's worth noting that if you are listening to this podcast and you, and that is your primary way of knowing Abby and I and knowing this community that we serve, you are welcome to subscribe to receive those daily devotions online. We will put a link to our our Lenten information on our church's website into our show notes today. And so you can look and learn more about that. And if you're interested in subscribing to that devotional, you can certainly do that. And then every day during the season of Lent, you'll get an email delivered into your email inbox to receive those reflections and those ways of thinking about this theme that we're going to be living with throughout the season of Lent. Yeah. And whatever practice you decide to take up or let go of in this season, we'd love to hear about those. Mm -hmm. If we can be a partner with you in the journey, let us know. But we'd love to hear what is nourishing your spiritual self in the coming days and weeks. Amen. Abby, thanks for the conversation today. Thanks for uh, sharing uh, another new podcast and um, what you're learning about and reading. I always enjoy hearing what you're thinking about. So thanks for sharing that today. Thanks. Thanks for giving me a place to share it. I love the conversation. All right. Have a great week, Abby. Yep. You too, Amy. Bye. Bye. We hope our conversation has given you something to sustain you between Sundays. Subscribe to Between Sundays wherever you listen to podcasts.